Hello and welcome aboard Fighting Catholic Jet Lag. My name is JC and I'll be your host for this podcast. I'm a flight attendant and I'm on a journey to find my place within the Catholic Church. I'll be accompanied by my friend and co-host, Father Larry Hostetter, a priest of 34 years and a doctor of sacred theology. He's a Catholic University president. And for our discussion, he'll serve as spiritual ground control to keep things on course for our flight back to faith. We'll be navigating through difficult and uncomfortable issues, so prepare for a bit of turbulence along the way. There won't always be easy answers, but no subject will be off the table. If you're ready to explore your own doubts and questions and reclaim your faith with us, then sit back, buckle up, relax, and enjoy our flight to faith. Hi. So the Isle of Capri. Yeah, the you went Isle there of Capri. for a, a bridal shower. <laughs> not a bridal shower. I said that wrong last time. A bachelorette party. I got actually a clarificational. Yes, I did. I got a clarificational from Lacey today, who I traveled with, and she said, "I love how Father Larry does not know what a bachelorette party is. He calls it something different every time, and he asks if you're going to dress up. Like it's so foreign to him. Ha ha ha." So I love that your leading would say. Bridal shower. <laughs> no, it's not foreign to me. I remember I was in Nashville one time for something, and there were a group, at least ten of them. Uh, there was a group of women there that were at a bachelorette party, and yeah. they all had on crazy outfits. And I think the bride had on a sign or something that identified Always. her as the as the bride. Yeah, and there was lots of squealing and screaming, and a uh, lots of woo girls. We call them woo girls because they're always going woo. Yes. So you saw? I saw. I saw that on on a couple of different occasions at places. I think I've seen those. Yeah, yeah. Do you buy them a round of shots? Am I supposed to? Yes, Mm -hmm. you are. It's just the proper etiquette. They wouldn't think that sixty-year-old man buying them a round of shots is weird. Oh, we don't. It doesn't matter to us. We don't. We want card, Jeff. Y'all are all two sheets under the wind Woo-hoo. already. Woo-wooing we will, else. we will woo-woo that for sure, won't we, Rebecca? So, um, are you going to put any of your uh, Capri shots on yes. the Instagram? Yes, there were some great shots. Uh, yeah, I, I sent you all a lot of pictures along the way. I'm still recovering from jet lag and came home on a Tuesday. Went into surgery on a Wednesday for my septum, and I'm. Just barely making it to do our recording today. I just mentioned to my barber that you had. Uh, what were you uh, telling your barber about my septum? That no, nothing about your septum. Okay, <laughs> uh, but about your little party in Capri, and uh, she seemed. I should. I said barber. Wait, I was going to call say her a barber, she, right? Uh, she's a barberette. Hair, hair. She's hairdresser. Your stylist. Yeah. You can you can have a stylist while they're later. Yeah, and. Uh, um, What's her name? Give her a shout. Jacqueline. Hey, Jack. I don't know she listens. Oh, no, she doesn't. Yeah, yeah, she does. But yeah, lots so of I was like, uh, my favorite part of traveling is the food. Yes. So you had a nice pizza. Your your waiter fell in love with you and <laughs> made you a heart shaped pizza that will this. definitely be ben on the Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I'll, we'll post that. But we were sitting down to eat, and he got down next to me to ask what I wanted, and he was wearing this bracelet that. Did all like of your friends get me? jealous that you were getting all the they, attention? They just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And I mean, hey, free pizza for the whole table. So, yeah. It was oh, a yeah, huge, I got free pizza. It was a huge, yeah, it was a big pizza. <laughs> Did you even ask for an order of pizza? No, no. But he, he got down next to me and he, he was asking what I wanted. And I said, oh, I like your bracelet because it, it looked like a little kid made it. And Lacey made us all bracelets that looked like that for the bachelorette party. And I'm like, I have one of those. And so then he came back and he took it off and he put it on my wrist. And I'm like, you are so sweet. Thank you. And a little while later, he comes out with a heart-shaped pizza. And he goes, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and Lacey that, just uh, uh, For those me. who couldn't see uh, through the microphone, that uh, JC was just pounding on her heart. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really funny. But yeah, we were all just sitting around like, <laughs> are you serious? But it was delicious pizza. And... As I've mentioned on here before, I have celiac, so I'm allergic. Traditionally, I'm allergic to bread and pasta and all that good stuff. And um, But in Europe, I can eat bread because it's grown differently. 
That's um, what they say. I've heard a lot of people yeah. say that they don't have some additives or something. Yeah, or... it's 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 a little. Uh, ben could tell you all about it. He's well, could you make bread with semolina flour here and have the same effect? Possibly, Rebecca, get on it. She because I have all the I, cooking in our house. I will order semolina sometime online uh-huh. for pizza. Precisely for pizza oh, crust. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should try it. Well, in okay. when we got to Naples, because Naples is known for their pizza, right? I think they invented it. They did, yeah. yes. So we got poor to Naples. Poor person's food. It's, oh, is it? Originally started out. All good food started out as poor person's so food. So good, yeah. So um, we took the train from Rome to Naples, and we had a little pizza lunch, and then took the ferry to Capri, and I uh, was having pizza, and the slices are so big. And I've never had like a New York style pizza because I've been since I've been a flight attendant, I've had this allergy. So I haven't had like the big kind. So they're my friends are trying. They're like, how what are you doing? I'm like trying to roll it up, like trying to eat it. They're like, no, you fold it like this, like a hot dog. So I or learned, you use a fork and knife like civilized people. No, I would have been laughed out of Southern Italy for that, Father Larry. Not Thanks by the a Italians. Lot. You don't think so? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. We'll get to know. I'll keep that on my next trip. But no. do, I learned how to do eat the pizza. British eat with their hands the way Americans do. Um, a lot of us eat the knife and fork, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we always ate our pizza with knife and fork. Yeah. Really? So that's acceptable. Yeah. Do you all fold? Do they fold it in Italy? Not in, not, Father I, Larry know, is not a in Rome. Traveler. They didn't. You just kind of. I like that. I yeah. wish you could see that. Uh, yeah. we, we're gonna have to post. <laughs> he showed me how to do with a knife and fork. So yeah. So did you do some uh, education things? Or did you go to Pompeii? Oh my gosh, that so that's kind of my favorite thing. And um, I like on trips. I love doing. So you went to Pompeii. I went to Pompeii. I love doing like a history day, or I've, I'm all about. That's pretty cool. I mean, I will. I will like Wikipedia a place. For days leading up to this, it's all. Did you hike up Mount Vesuvius? Hell no, we didn't hike up Mount Vesuvius, Father Larry. Are you kidding me? It's only a couple hours. No, don't. I'm still. I'm getting anxious just thinking about it. Or maybe we get there, and I just have this fear because I've been so deep into my research of Pompeii. Now, if you if you don't know Pompeii. Many years ago, Mount Vesuvius erupted. It wasn't the lava flow that got him. It was 18 hours of like heavy rain of like ash. ash and stuff. And it just completely demolished the town. Okay. So I develop while I'm there this unreasonable anxiety that Mount Vesuvius is going to explode while I'm there. And they're like, But the people on Capri survived. On Capri, yeah, yeah. but not in Pompeii, Father Larry. So they're like coming around like hide Mount Vesuvius with these little brochures. And I'm like, we're not doing it. Don't even ask. Did you pray to Our Lady of Pompeii? Because they have a devotion to Our Lady of Pompeii. There's a church. These are things I wish I would have known uh-huh. prior to going. I did not know that. Yeah. And then did you go it. into Naples? Went into Naples. Which is this apparently some neighborhoods you're not supposed to walk in by yourself. No, I actually just went to a pizza place in Naples, and that was it. But we did do a little. You know, that's where they have the, uh, the the blood. Uh, Saint Genarius or Gennaro in Italian it. is every on his feast day twice a year. He, this dried blood liquefies, and so the cardinal. Archbishop, I don't know, I can't explain it either. Cardinal Archbishop. Um, <laughs> We're looking with skeptical eyes at Father Larry. Yeah, uh, um, after they were terrified that I was going to be uh, gotten by ghosts last time we, we yeah. were here. They, <laughs> they, true. They can't I'm accept so glad you're okay. So this has been going on for ages and ages. He comes out and all the Neapolitans gather around and he holds it up. And if it liquefies, all is good. If it doesn't, Something bad's gonna happen. So this is so similar earthquakes to earthquakes and the Vesuvius erupting, which I think 1948 was the last time. Yeah, you, my I grandfather on- was a prisoner of war in 
no. the vicinity no. in 1948. No. He was in the German army and he had been captured by the Americans and he witnessed the eruption. Okay, this is incredible because in my studies I read it last erupted in 1948. Due to erupt any day now is what it said. Yeah. They couldn't focus all of their energy on Mount Vesuvius. They were probably erupted. recovering from the they war. They were recovering from yeah. the war. Yeah. Yeah, they were still. So America kind of had to help out and. The yeah, the Americans were stationed there because they had reconquered. I cannot. Your Italy. grandfather was. Yeah, he was. He he, he witnessed it. it. wasn't a ma- It wasn't a major eruption. Didn't do what you know. Define one, major eruption. Father well, I think it just blew up a little bit. Didn't okay, really destroy anything. Okay, there's no such thing as a minor eruption. Yeah, but if you go to the top, I hiked to the top one time. You can actually feel the ground is warmer. I don't know. Why. I don't even want to hear this. This is. I'm. I don't even want to talk about it. But I'm they do talk so... about how it's a, there's such it's such a congested place that if there were an eruption, a serious one, I mean, it would be it's pretty terrible. serious. It's terrible, and they all want to hike up it. And I'm like, this is not. This is unsafe. We should. This isn't a controlled excitement. But isn't the Bay of Naples beautiful? It's the, also the Bay of Naples beautiful. is just gorgeous. And in I can't wait. To, I will be telling you way more about. Pompeii and posting pictures and all of that once I'm a little more We'll talk a little bit more next time about it. So if you're going to Pompeii, um, I've got some hacks that I'm going to be posting. We'll put it on the the website. So you had to be back for your surgery. Yeah. And I'm sure your mom was worried. Father Larry, you know. (laughs) So I was just telling Father Larry that. I got you back a little bit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thanks a lot. She's going to be your, your new co-host. She's going to kill me for this. But I get into the intake and I have this wonderful nurse and I'm, you know, answering her questions and my phone rings. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I go to turn it on silent. I see that it's my mom. And that's when it hits me that I just forgot to tell her I was having septum surgery. And I'm like, I need to have been call her later. I'll have him deal with it. So I like put my phone away. She calls again. I'm like, she's on to me. She's somewhere in this room. She she is on to me. And the nurse is like, honey, you can answer it. I'm like, oh, no, it's my mom. <laughs> I better not. So I send her a quick text. I'm like, hey, so sorry. Forgot to tell you. She's like, are you kidding me? If it were me, you would be so upset. And so she, which I'm so glad she knew, she instantly jumped into mom mode from three hours away. And she sent me a card and she checked on me and, you know, just made sure everything was okay. So even when your mom's not there, you still need her. But sorry, mom, I I just forgot. But speaking of surgeries, you forget, didn't you have a very important surgery? Yeah, no, I had my appendix taken out when I was in my 20s, and I didn't even think to call my folks. <laughs> so what? I mean, why would, you... why would they were, they were, I was in Columbus, Ohio. They were in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. It wasn't anything they could do. Okay, uh, mom, if you're listening, little B, I want you to explain to Father Larry the why it is so important we have to call our parents when we have surgeries, major or minor, because obviously um, he shares the same sentiment that I do about it. So could you please? But I was um, in my early 20s. You are in your <laughs> early to mid 30s. So well, well, let's go with early to early 30s. But uh, mom, if you can just. You know, you know how to reach him. I need you to let him know exactly what you think of that. And I don't know if y'all were listening last time, but I'm really, really looking forward to celebrating JC's birthday on January oh the 9th. Gosh. So that was, a- <laughs> so we did quite a bit of cuts for the last of We have a lot to talk about, but I convinced Father Larry that my birthday. It was all in there. It was? Yeah. I think I it's missed bad. an episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. So okay. Well, I think Bobby should move on to have a lot of some kind of topics to we, our, uh, yeah, our but meat and meat and chips or fish. Father and chips. Larry, I I lied to a priest, and it's one thing to lie to a priest, but you were you a whole lying. nother a whole nother thing when they find out you weren't <laughs> lying. You were pranked. <gasps> oh, that was a pr- okay. That's yeah, the but um, I like to prank. Yes. So and my birthday revenge is revenge is a dish. <laughs> Best served cold. And so I'm going to be calling on you all out there to help me celebrate on January the 9th. What do you have in mind? Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, great. It'll be good. Well, that is, did I tell you that January 9th is the one year and, or no, the three year anniversary of us meeting for real. So you should know that because we met in San Diego on my birthday. 
Oh, you know, that would have been on your birthday. Or no, it was the day after my birthday. It would have been about the time that we were there for that conference. The day yeah, after at January the, uh, 10th. Coronado. Yeah. 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 So hopefully we can either uh, mend our fences before then, or we can just right. kind of call this off. Yeah. I'm scared. So uh, last week we touched a little bit already on angels. And so uh, just a couple of things that we, we do believe about angels. Angels are created by God. They do exist. They are personal beings. They exist in their own right as individuals. However, they are pure spirit incorporeal they do not look like us you know incorporeal incorporeal means without a body um and they um exist not in space and time but but in eternity and represent god's care and goodness for for us especially in the manifestation of what we call guardian angels and at one point i said when we talked about the the great battle in heaven, when the you know bad angels rejected God's call to serve humanity, and 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 I said, you know, it, it, I think JC, you said, well, does that all happen? I said, no, it's mythology, it's myth. And I want to make a distinction between what's myth and what isn't. The belief in angels as beings, especially protective beings, uh, intelligent beings that are different than we are, spiritual beings. That is not myth. This battle that happened in heaven is myth in that it tries to help us understand what happened and how you have good angels and bad angels. So it's it's an attempt to try to explain that. Uh-huh. So I wasn't saying angels are myth, oh. but the stories that we tell about yes, angels, yes. how we represent them, that's part of myth. Yeah. But I also want to say that Like a myth, parable. Yeah. And I also want to say, and we talked about this, I think the first or second one, you just listened to the first one, so you may remember, mm-hmm. Rebecca, uh, that myth is not necessarily mean something that's not true. It's trying to take something that is deeply mysterious or not immediately understandable and using symbols and language that help us to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you have the creation story. Well, God created the world. There's no doubt about that. But how the story of, you know, seven days and, and you know, Adam walking through the garden and Eve, you know, pulling the apple out of the tree, which is actually no apple in the Bible, that's mythological language. It's language is trying to help us to understand something deeper. Right. So there's no apples. Yeah. What? what? Yeah. Oh, Stop. y'all didn't know that? Look, yeah. Look at the, Y'all didn't know that? Look in the <laughs> book of Genesis. There's no actual reference to apple, just fruit. Mind is completely blown. Yeah. Right and you know, so, and again, from a European point of view, the most common fruit growing on a tree is an apple, but and it could have been. Capri, it's pomegranates. Or lemon. To... <gasps> the lemons the are incredible. The lemon, it was limoncello. Did you have limoncello? Are you kidding me? It's all I drank. My veins are pumped with yeah. limoncello and right now. I, you were going to bring us a bottle? I may have, and I may be saving it for when Lauren's here. Oh, okay. Yeah. I actually invented a new drink while I was there and all of the Lucas that I met were going crazy for it. So they'll make like a limoncello slushy and they're like, what would you like? You know, we can make it a cocktail. And I made them add Prosecco to it. So it's unreal. So maybe we can. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's one thing about Americans. We tend to be a little bit more adventurous in mixing things up that otherwise would never be mixed. Yeah, they loved it. You know, like. um, So go have the special cocktail. It's called the Fighting Catholic Jet Lag Cocktail. I (laughs) trademarked it while I was over there. And it is limoncello slushy with Prosecco. Hmm. Okay, so in the Bible. (laughs) So it could have been lot. It could have been lemons making limoncello. Yeah, I mean, it's just fruit. It's the fr- just it was fruit. the forbidden fruit. The fruit, forbidden of, fruit. The fruit from the tree of all knowledge. Again, using mythological language to talk about a deeper truth to help us to understand it better. Yes. So when we talk about something being myth or mythological, it's not that it's not true. It's something that's couched in symbols or language or images. Okay. So demons. 
and the devil. And so the devil. you all have been bugging me since we started this very persistent. 15 episodes ago to talk about this piece. And I've been somewhat reluctant for a number of reasons. Well, One, you didn't read the Dan Brown book, probably. What's the Brown book? Oh, Dan yeah. So I, I read those books and watched the movies because they had to be debunked. They were horrible in terms of truthfulness. But great literary they were, adventure that They were great stories. stories. I mean, as a story. <laughs> I don't even remember what it's about. It was a great story, <laughs> but in terms of the things that it said about the Catholic Church, the things that it said about sacred scripture, the things that it said about Mary Magdalene, things that it said about Jesus, pretty much all false. With so just not approved enough, Catholic reading. A, I'm sure you can read it. We don't tell people what they can and can't read, or I certainly would never. But I think you have to read with it, with going in knowing that, yeah, this is fiction. Yes. And not meant, you know, it had just enough truth in it to make it sound like it was true. But all of that was, from the point of view, is is this true in the church? Hogwash. 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 Okay. Somebody, y'all, y'all might understand no, that. I from... know hogwash. <laughs> so, but in terms, but in of terms a, of a just great story, read, a story, I was entertained. You, you know, entertained. but it's hard to be entertained when you know that a lot of people read yeah. this stuff and fall hook, line, and sinker. Yes. Into oh my god, look at yes. what the church did. I can't. It's believe like the every church show did. about the airline industry, and I'm like, that would never happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Airlines, the devil, Holy Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> we all experience. The we same. are, we are, we are in the same industry. I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. Let's go. On our way we somewhere. On We're our on way our way somewhere. somewhere. And sometimes to hell if we don't change your ways, Father Larry. And and was that your imitation of your mother again? It was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're on our way, and sometimes the road gets bumpy. Yeah. So oh, oh, we call it light chop. Light chop. Uh, the airplane is kind of like it's like a fishtail. So if you feel it in the front, you're probably usually always sitting in first class. But for us, that are my favorite places in the back. Oh, is it? Yeah. You're just like all of us. <laughs> uh, but in the back, it it really gets bumpy. But I think we have so many rules and regulations with OSHA that if if it's the least bit bumpy, I mean, if we get hurt and we're out for weeks, months. Years. Um, I saw. I look for the seat that is closest to the bathroom. Ooh, I wouldn't do that. You have all these people standing in front of you. Well, this also it's quicker to get to the bathroom. Oh, that's right. You're like, this is my bathroom. Yeah, this isn't your bathroom. This is my bathroom. (laughs) I've had people coming toward, watching them come down the the aisle, and it's like, and they're like, ah, I'm I'm jumping in. You're one of those. That's amazing. That's my bathroom. That's my bathroom. Anyway, so I've been really reluctant because um, three reasons. Um, uh, One is I'm not an an expert on this topic. Second reason On demons, not uh, lavatories on the airplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or turbulence. On the darker side of angels. Um, The the second reason is I'm I'm going to forget my third reason. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, have you ever read President Biden when he says one and you always go, I hope he remembers number two. <laughs> yes, but you just said something that stood out to me. The darker side of angels. That needs to be the name of your... Um, of the podcast. No, of your your first CD you released. Your extended oh, okay. So I, yes, I don't know if I remember EP, all three of, of the reasons, but the first reason was I'm not an expert. The second reason is that there is a lot of stuff uh, there seems to be a lot more attention given to the dark side of angels, to devils and demons, to the point where I've met people who seem to blame everything on Satan. demons and they see the demonic in, in every little thing. And I'm just not there. And then the third reason is because I do believe that there is something about, you know, as a Catholics, we believe that there is a there are bad angels and the, you know, the big one is the devil, Satan, Satan. Um, Satan. And I, I do believe in that. I also believe just as an angels that much of what we've constructed around that is mythological language right. to help us to understand what that truth means. So you're saying we wanna, can't blame evil spirits for, not all. for everything, but I'm going to finish my third reason why okay. I'm reluctant. The third, the third reason 
before I forget it again. Go on, Joe. The, 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 <laughs> the third reason is, you know, just as like you don't want to give the grand whatever of the Ku Klux Klan a lot of airtime, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't give them a lot of airtime and the news and everything because they don't deserve it. Well, same thing with the devil. I don't want to give the devil a lot of airtime. So those are the three reasons. You and, don't want to give either of those yeah. any airtime. And so that's kind of why I'm a little reluctant to talk about, but it is on the mind of a lot of people. A lot of people think about that. A lot of people obsess about it. A lot of people worry about it. And as I said at the episode last time, when we talked about ghosts, if God is for us, who can be against us? That's not my words. Those are the words of St. Paul. You know, so if we as children of God, made in the image and likeness of God, really don't have anything to fear from the dark side of things because we're walking in light. Hmm. Um, so where do you think it's coming from? Where is this anxiety? Well, well, I think, first of all, there is, you know, we we do understand that there are ways that, you know, just as good angels can help us and, and, mm -hmm. and support us, um, protect us. So those that are... Uh, the fallen angels, which is we, we call the demons. And I told that story last time, you know, the story of the great battle in heaven between those that, you know, wanted to follow God's will to, to serve humanity and those that didn't. And they were cast out of heaven. Again, that language is language to help us to understand that, that angelic beings have free will but because they are incorporeal without a body and they don't exist in time and space, they really only have, they're, they're, there's one choice that they make mm -hmm. because it, it's not, there's not a succession of time where you can make different choices. They exist in an eternal now. So their mm. choice is always in the now. And, um, and so the story goes that some of those angelic beings chose to reject God, just as there are some human beings who have the ability to reject God as well. And that because of that, they have the ability to harass humanity and, you know, to tempt us to do things. And you know, people say the devil made me do it. And even in the sacred scriptures, you know, Jesus is at the beginning of his ministry, went to the desert for 40 days, and it says he was tempted by the devil, you know, that the devil came to him and but he had him. free will to and turn he rejected away from the devil. it. But yeah. even that story is a story that is not necessarily meant to be taken literally word for word. It's a story about Jesus's own inner uh, journey and inner decision making as a human being, because he's also God. So there's never any choice that God could reject God's own divinity, but as a human being he was tempted just like we are tempted. The thing though that I'm convinced of, and I've been at this for a while, is that the temptations we experience, and we're all experienced, experienced temptations, we don't need a devil to do bad things. Hmm. I am perfectly capable of sinning <laughs> without the devil's assistance. Right. You know, and so in some ways, all this talk of demons and devils to me feels like a cop out and, and an unwillingness to take responsibility for the evil that we are perfectly capable of without right. the help of anyone. Well, and it's easier to blame it on, you know, something else. Who did that? Satan? Satan? Yeah. That's what I was going yeah. for. Satan? <laughs> you know what the word means? Satan? No. Uh, the word means oh, adversary. I'll get my book out. He's got I'm, his book. My, uh, <laughs> my concise Sacramento Mundi. Oh. There's a, there is a uh, section on the devil here. Here we go. This the In scripture, uh, the word Satan or Satan is the Hebrew word. Satan. And it was translated into Greek uh, as diabolos. And the word means adversary. Mm. Um, and then it passed on from there into various European languages. We say diabolical, but that is, you know, directly related to uh, the, the, the word diabolos. And then in and then Southern, Satan is it the, was translated to? 
Satan. <laughs> so, and you know, some of you are going to be going, I can't believe they're laughing. Yeah. You know what? We, we should laugh, laugh at the devil. We should laugh at the devil. Because the devil is. Angel Brand. Is, well, he's useless. He's weak. He's already been conquered. He, he, you know, if, if, if we, and I'm, again, I'm falling into the same thing. I'm talking about the devil as if the devil looks and sounds like a human being. Right. And it's even saying he, whereas, you know, no oh, gender. We can, assi- we can assign it male pronouns. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so give the same. angels, the good angels, it can be female pronouns. Yes, they you know, they but are. even there, you know, but I, I think we, we need to remember that and not constantly be looking over our shoulders uh, wondering where the devil is, and you know, a lot so of that comes from the a middle. lot of times. It's not it's not the devil; it's your own ego. It's your own. You're doing it on your own. You don't. You're perfectly capable right. of sinning on your own. And you know, in, in a lot of this, we inherited from the medieval world, where the world was full of spirits and sprites and ghosts and demons and devils. Um, you know, to the point that they were, were hyper aware of the spiritual world that we would assign now to, um, it, we, we would have a better understanding of the world around us and, and not necessarily see things that we don't understand and assign right. those things automatically to something, you know, demonic. But, okay. Did you know, by the way, that's when you spill salt, that's why people throw salt over the left shoulder? What? I don't know why. Because again, in medieval times, the understanding was that's where the devil hung out. Was over your left shoulder. Salt was used in exorcisms, and salt because it's so pure. That's probably why it's so salty. Yeah, so pure (laughs) would you know? And actually, in baptisms, in the old rite of baptism, I think they put a little uh, dab of salt on the the tongue of, of the newborn baby that was brought in, as again as a symbol of the purity that they're receiving in in baptism. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Well. What I wanted to ask, in all fairness, I mean, it, it does seem like there's a lot of demons and devil talk around here lately. But, I mean, does it feel like we're being sold that? Because sometimes it kind of feels like that's kind of the answer we're given is uh, you, uh, the, the devil, you know, and it and it's not just us as the church coming up with it sometimes you know we're getting that from priests and clergy. and not just in the catholic church not just and, in the catholic you know, church i mean you no. look at faith healers on the tv and other things and when they talk about the devil yes. it's so like you're, you're you need me to get rid of the devil for you and it's almost a control thing and that, i think that's something we have to be careful of so that and that's kind of what it feels like and rebecca you put it perfectly um fear mongering fear mongering well, you know fear does it ever feel like we're we are using the devil to fear monger because sometimes that's what it feels like i'm getting like you were trying to sell not you specifically but sometimes it feels like the world is trying to sell me on something that you're what you're telling me is not responsible for necessarily the evil that goes on so that's fear mongering yeah. so why does why do Religious institutions do that. You know, I think it's a really good point. And I think as Christians and as Catholics, we have to be honest that at different times in our history, we have used these kinds of stories as a way of controlling people. Hmm. Uh, The fear of hell. I mean, there's no doubt that the fear of hell has been used by Christians of all stripes and denominations as a way of keeping people in line. Yes. Um, So... I can easily do the same thing if I want to convince you that there are demons over your shoulders all the time. And so you better stay close to the church. You better stay close to the priest. You know, I better make sure that you get your blessings and everything that you need, because otherwise, you know, you won't have any ability to resist the right. the, the temptations of that demon it's or the devil. Tactic. Yeah. So I'm not saying that's what we do. I want to be clear about that. No. I'm not saying that is what we do. I am I am saying, however, that that could be a tendency of all religions. Mm-hmm. All religions, including the Catholic Church, has its darker side as well of where we forget the beauty and freedom and light that comes from the gospel and the message of Jesus. And we 
instead of religion and faith being liberating, which is what it should be, it becomes another tool of manipulation and yes. keeping people in their place. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so there, there is no doubt that that hasn't happened in history. I can't say it's happening to, I suspect it's happening in instances today. I don't think it's happening in large, on a large scale. I may be being naive, but I don't think it's happening on a large scale. I do think that, yes, the, the devil exists, evil exists. We we accept that, but we don't dwell on it. We don't make that a central part of what we believe or how we act or what we do. We just simply acknowledge, yes, that part of reality exists, but it doesn't have a whole lot to do with me because I don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. So you recently attended something. Yeah, there was a, there was a, a session. What did they tell you? Uh, well, I, I explained I, well, I want you to explain to us what you would tell someone who came. If you're feeling like, no, this is definitely Satan. Um, wh what would you tell someone who, who comes to you that right. really feels strongly about that? Like how, how do you break them of that? So well, tell us about this. A little. You know, what's interesting is again, this is an area I don't have a lot of expertise in. Um, More than me. But. I have not had any in in 30, what, four years, maybe getting close to 35 now years as a priest. I've had no, no personal experience of anything that was strange that I would say, oh, this is clearly demonic. I've had people tell me things. Right. But there's, know, about so at the Vatican, and, there is an exorcism department. So it's another. Not, not an exorcism department. Uh, ex exorcism well, for those who for those who want to want to know you can't yeah you believe everything on the internet um <laughs> the, for those who don't know an exorcism is a prayer that is uh, basically a banishing of evil we do from, them during baptism actually baptism is a prayer for exorcism in, in the baptism you know but it's 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 asking god to protect the child and you know Barb's clarificational this week will be, well, they didn't do the exorcism prayer hard enough when they did Jesus' <laughs> baptism. I'm waiting for it. I'm calling it right now. Anyway, go on. And so, so you do it during you know, baptism. And so, there, in, again, I don't want to give this more attention than it deserves, but I know people have questions. Just In the history of the church, and there's been too many movies about it, you know, the, the movie The Exorcist in the 70s. I do not recommend any of these movies. This is not Catholic watching. <laughs> no. And, you know, you don't want this stuff in your head mm -hmm. because you can you create things it's not real. with your imagination. If you're convinced enough that something's happening, then it's happening. Mm -hmm. yeah. you if, know? You, if you dig for dirt, you're going to get dirty. That's what little bit used to say. No. Okay. But I'm talking more about. Our, our, the ability of our yeah, imagination you dig for to, it, you're gonna if get you're in a dark alley and you think there's somebody behind you, you can, you can freak yourself out, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you could totally freak yourself out to believing there is somebody behind you and that you can even feel it. You can feel like somebody's looking at you. You can, every little noise, you think it's them and there's nobody there. So our, let's do our the brains, opposite. Let's imagine Jesus is next to us. That's right. Walking our, through that our alley. brains are powerful, yeah. you know, in, in that sense. So, um, so we want to make always that distinction between, is this somebody, you know, is this, is this a, a, a mental health issue? Because, you know, a lot of the things that were exorcism in the past, and even when we read in sacred scripture of Jesus driving out demons are issues that we would consider today, probably, you know, a, a severe, um, mental illness or uh, even, Epilepsy at one point, what many people thought was uh, the result of uh, possession mm -hmm. because somebody just loses complete control over their body and it looks like somebody else is controlling what, what they're doing. And then, of course, our brains are powerful and give us the ability to do things that we don't normally do, especially in traumatic or, you know, situations. Um, so... If, if there is such a thing as an exorcism, I'll give it a, I'll say, yes, the church has said there's exorcisms, so there's exorcisms. I have never witnessed one, nor do I desire to. 
So if there is such a thing, then um, anybody who is assigned as an exorcist, and there are specific priests who have that designation, sometimes they're assigned that, and they have some training in that. But there's a recognition that an actual uh possession like they have in the movies so wait would be so i want to make sure i don't want to break this up that that is so rare and again i'm not convinced it's ever happened but at least from the church's position that it is so rare that they first require that person to go through a full medical Mm, evaluation they do now both physical and mental health evaluation to rule it's out, not taken lightly. It's, it's not taken lightly to rule out anything that might be going on. So the church isn't just jumping at the opportunity to let's have an exorcism. No. It's like this is a very serious thing. Where you you all aren't just taking it as all right. Just let me you know say some words and we'll take care of it today. It's like this is very serious. You need to get a full checkout. Right. Before and so the stories this. I've heard from exorcists that there are things that we can't explain um, and that through the power of prayer and, and specifically the ritual of exorcism, there is an actual ritual of exorcism. Really? That people are cured and healed of these kinds of things. Again, I have personally not experienced it. I'm going to take it. I'm, I'm going to. Is it like a hip? Like a hypnosis? Would you describe it as? That? I don't know. I've never seen it. I don't know. Um, you know, from what people tell me is that it is much deeper than that, or there's something. You know, uh, people being able to speak languages that they wouldn't normally be able to speak, or have superhuman strength. Um, but again, I'm a skeptic. Me too. I'm. I'm. I'm always going to be a skeptic, and actually, most exorcists are trained to be skeptics first, from what I understand. Oh, okay. So always assume this is not the devil. This is something else before anything else. Okay, that and, gives me more. Yeah, uh, and so you know, it would be a very rare, rare thing. And even if somebody does manifest that, what there's more about the human psyche that we don't know than what we know. And, you know, at one time, people thought things that we now have diagnosed as schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or maybe a physical uh, condition like epilepsy. At one time, people would have designated that as possession. Well, what are we calling possession today that 100 years from now, we're going to be able to say, we understand this better. Right. But in the meantime, through the prayers of the church, that person is getting better. Because so it's it's working. Something it's, is working in terms working. of you know even if it even if you want to be completely skeptical and say yes the prayers are having an impact on that person's psyche right. to where they feel like they can get back to some normalcy or as we would would argue maybe in the church that there is a supernatural side to things and that it's the power of Christ and the power of prayer that heals this person but I would argue why can't you have both. Why right. can't, right. you know, the, the healing is much more complex than just purely a spiritual malady, because that obviously has effects on our physical and mental health as well. It's very interesting. Can I, okay, can I ask you some questions sure. if you feel comfortable? Okay. Some of the things I'm, I'm like, that's pretty wild. So with exorcism, there are priests that are assigned to do this. And trained. And trained. How do... They just have a calling to do that. I suspect, and the bishop identifies somebody that they know is holy, and you know has uh, as as kind of being the go-to person for right. that. And it may not necessarily be an exorcist; it may just be somebody that somebody can go to and talk. That maybe just has an understanding okay. of these things and can just say, "Hey, you know, these weird things are happening. I'm trying to Got understand." It. What that is, because most priests have had somebody come to them and said, really? "Weird stuff's going on at my house." You know, can you help me to understand what what's going on? But the first the first step in that is not to all right, let's get it out of you. It's right. not. It's because I was always kind of under on the understanding that it's the priest just 
kind of being like, oh, this is great. Let me heal you. But right. it's not sounding like that. It sounds like there's more steps that can It shouldn't be it. that. And if somebody is doing that, that's an abuse. That's the abuse right. I was talking about okay. earlier, you know, yes. to where somebody's like, I can take care of this yes. for you. Yes. I can fix this for you. You need me, mm-hmm. you know. So and this is more of like. It's kind of like Catholic narcissism, you know. Right, right. That's why it always seemed kind of like a gimmick in the Catholic Church. But hearing this, it feels a little more valid. But and again, it's it's from what I understand. And again, if it happened a lot, surely in thirty four years, I would have seen something. I haven't, but I'll I'll give the benefit of the doubt that okay, yeah, it happens, but it must be so rare, and and it would be rare, right? um, That the power of Christ is always more powerful than anything mm. in the universe. So the prayers that are used in an exorcism, what can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, where did these prayers come from? What did, how did this formula, how was that developed? How well, this is where my uh, level of knowledge ends and I don't know. I'll know that they're fairly ancient prayers. But it's, but they've a, been it's a very strict. Hmm. You know, uh, in, in the Catholic tradition, we tend to pray according to a strict formula. But I know yeah. that there are other Christian traditions that have prayers of exorcism. In fact, there's prayers of exorcism in most religions. Really? You know, yeah. There's, you know, of, of healing somebody who feels oppressed or possessed. And not all of these are possession. You yeah. know, somebody can also just feel like they're being harassed. Yeah. Because here's the part theologically that I don't get. And I've not had anybody be able to explain it to me. I do not understand. Because, you know, the, the movies and things, it's always some kid, you know, or innocent that's been possessed. Right. That makes zero sense to me. How can someone be possessed who is a child of God, uh, who is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. You, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. There's no room in the temple of the Holy Spirit for anything demonic. Well, we also don't have kids. There are mothers listening like, you haven't met my child. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I I see what you mean with that. I, I think our focus needs to be on we are imbued with God's life in our own life. Right. It pervades every fiber of our being. And going back to what you said about, um, you know, as we have free will and it's not necessarily the devil, it's uh, our free will as humans. So that does make sense thinking why would it happen to children? Why is it only happening to children in the movies? Because it seems like you you would be more likely to invite it, it not invited in, but having right. the free will, more free will to have that come up. And, and I've heard people say things like, well, God allows that to happen. No way. And it's like, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's rather silly. It's It's rather perverse. I think God would be suffering through that with that. That that God would allow something like that to happen to a complete innocent. Um, That makes zero sense. And I I would reject that argument um, because it it completely inconsistent with what I believe. And I think the church has preached for 2000 years about the love of God and the fact that we are temples of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Um, Do you think God suffers along with us? Well, yeah. I mean, if that's what's happening, Mm -hmm. I can't say, and I've heard people talk that language that, yes, I've been, you know, harassed by the devil. Well, again, I don't even know what that means because I don't need the devil to harass me. I mean, I'm perfectly good at doing it myself. Yes. And so I think sometimes we assign Uh, that kind of thing to the devil Rather than acknowledging, we're quite good at messing with our own brain. So we've talked about angels and guardian angels, and we had a little bit of discussion about ghosts and you know, Spooky devil, ghosts. the devil and demons <laughs> and what they are. And obviously, we're hitting a lot of this in a very superficial level. Yeah. But my main message, given this is about the Halflicks, and this is one of the areas where when I talk to people, they're like, you all believe in this strange stuff that doesn't make any sense. I mean, they have a good point. You know, and 
And I want people to understand that this is not, while there's truth to this, that we believe that they're in the supernatural world, just as in the natural world, there are good beings and there are bad beings, that that's not something we should live and obsess about. That's not that's not something that should inform how we live our faith. That's not something we should should inform how we live. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus's message, one commandment, love one another as I have loved you. The way we sign out of this every every week. That's if if I'm going to obsess about anything religiously, I need to ask myself, have I been as loving as I could have been today? Did I miss some opportunities to be loving? Um, and could I do it? Could I have done better at that? Could I have responded better to God's grace? So rather than looking for demons, look for those who are hurting, who feel incomplete, who lack love, and then see if God might work through you to be a gift of love for them. And when that happens, you'll discover, as St. Angela Marisi says, that you need those people more than they need you. Mm. Yes. And I think uh, we can end on that. Hey, challenge accepted. We'll try that this week. Instead of finding the demonic or tr- searching for it behind your shoulder in a dark alley, look for what you said. Look for love. Look for love. All right. Look for the opportunities to love. Look for the opportunities to love. I love it. All righty. So next time, I want to spend a little bit of time talking to Rebecca about her RCIA experience. You all do not know. Our producer here, Rebecca, has started a grand new adventure. She is going through RCIA, which is, do you want to tell them what that is? Why you tell them? The right of she, Christian she, hates, she hates speaking on the pot. I'll let you tell them. Uh, but it's Bride of Christian Initiation. For adults. For adults. And it's the process of becoming Catholic. And that'll be up to you if you decide to become Catholic at the end of it. But it's pretty but we cool. We want to hear about what you've done so far. Maybe next time yes. we'll start out with that. A little bit of, a little bit of uh, RCIA Kiki. Yes, RCIA Kiki. Or I'm uh, lighthearted banter. Yes, yes. Way to put it. I loved it so much. I went through it twice. Rebecca, you're going to love it. You're So where you're taking it at a local church here, St. Stephen's. Stephen's, yeah. With 20, how many? I'd say it's about 20 in our group. And That's awesome. That's a nice big group. That's awesome. And one of our fellow Halflicks is uh, yeah. sponsoring. The reason for the season, yeah. Carrie Turner. Carrie's She's your sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to bring uh, you and Carrie as a kind of uh, our guests to talk about RCI for one of our sessions. Sure. So we'll bring Carrie on and, and maybe have them. Yeah. If you have a sponsor that you love, Write us at Catholic Jet Lag. We'd love to hear from yeah. you. Because we're going to switch to something. We're going we're gonna to keep it on the beauty of faith. This is all the airtime we're giving the devil. Yeah, we're going to so. turn to love. And love is in the form of Rebecca being in RCIA. We'd love to see it. And maybe for a prayer, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We'll do come Holy Spirit as a love prayer. It. All right. I have that one memorized, but I'm going to let you say it. I'm just going to say it along in my heart. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> Larry's we all, doing a very skeptical. We thing. all want to test her, don't we? We all need but to I know. know you won't. We all need to know. <laughs> January 9th, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. Equal. And, and you shall renew the face of the earth. There are responses. With was that, oh, no, that? I was, was filling in the blank. <laughs> oh God, who has instructed the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, by the same Holy Spirit, we may have a right judgment in all things, and evermore rejoice in His consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. amen. And the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. This podcast is ended. Love as you, you have been, been loved, loved, and peace be with you, and with your spirit, and Godspeed. Amen.